0: Hello and welcome to a new episode of Pat's Chat. Today I'm with a strategic marketing specialist. It's uh, Joy Abdullah. Uh, thank you very much, Joy, for joining me today. Uh, your time, of course.
1: Thank you so much for having me,
0: Patrick. It's a pleasure. Thanks. And uh, of course, you're very popular. People know you uh, basically for, or mainly for two things. You uh, have a vlog, uh, which is called The Three Minutes Marketing. And of course, also a very popular uh, podcast or video cast, Create the Edge with, uh, with Yusef, uh, which you just launched in the second season. I'm really happy to see that again. I was following that. That's basically how I. Um, started connecting with you or uh, met with you on on LinkedIn so awesome to see episode or not episode like season two coming or ongoing already uh, yeah. from that but we come back to that a little bit later first of all uh, as always I would like to know a little bit more about you and the uh, first thing that uh, came into my uh, mind when I do so did some research is like that you're British national I didn't know that
1: that's right. That's right. Um, I don't wear the tag on my head, but I'm a Brit. Um, I was born and brought up in UK for the first 13 years of my life. And then I've spent 23 years across India and the subcontinent, India, Pakistan, Bangladesh, Sri Lanka. My father, who used to work in tea. So the family moved uh, in 1974 to India. And I've lived there till year 2000. I've uh, done my higher education out of India. Uh, I come, I'm originally Indian, uh, a mix between Northern Indian and Eastern Indian, so to speak. Oh, okay. And I'm a yeah. third generation Brit, but uh, ethnically a hardcore Indian. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> okay. in year 2000, I moved to Malaysia. My wife is Malaysian. So we are settled here now.
0: Okay. I see. So, so what, uh, after all this traveling you did, uh, you came to Malaysia. What was, what, what was the reason? What was the connection?
1: Well, there were, there were two connections, one very personal, and I'll share that. And one was official, uh, as the good Lord does it, it things happen for a reason. Um, I'm not a born Muslim. Uh, my name, uh, as you can see, is my personal brand, Joy Abdullah. It's to signify my faith, which is one of my core beliefs. And it also to signify my birth name. Joy is part of my birth name. And that's my personal brand. Uh, I went through a personal situation Uh, experience way back in 1996 and 97. And that journey in my life brought me to Islam. I converted or to use a politically correct term reverted. And uh, the next thing that happened is I wanted to be in a place where I could be a practicing Muslim and professionally, I had the opportunity to move into a role, a strategic planning role, uh, In the year end of 2000 and that's what brought me to Malaysia. Um, I found my other half and soulmate so to speak in Malaysia quite a few years down the line and well here I am. I mean I've I've settled down, house is here, home is here, art is here. Um, I have lived and worked across 17 cities and out of 18 homes and for those who are watching there's a little profile story called my story in my LinkedIn profile mm-hmm. under my profile summary that will give you the background.
0: Oh, awesome. So almost 20 years uh, now in Malaysia. That's right. Yeah, that's right. And what the question I always get asked is like, oh, why Malaysia? And then the second one is like, what do you like most about Malaysia?
1: Well, you see, every place um, has its own beauty. And I think uh, To me, this might be a bit altruistic, but Malaysia is God's blessed country in many ways. Um, Probably this current crisis that the globe is facing, this pandemic is one of Malaysia's first ever big hit crisis, so to speak, as a country. Uh, So this land is blessed in many ways. It's, it's, It's beautiful in its nature. It's beautiful in its food. Um, Of course, my wife is Malaysian. So I have to say it's beautiful and it's people. Uh, But yeah, it's a very, very, having lived uh, in many places, uh, it's grown, it's it's home. I mean, you know, it has a certain vibe in its environment. People are very hospitable, gracious. And um, that's what makes, you know, where your heart is, is where your home is.
0: (laughs) That sounds good. Yeah. Maybe I will make it 20 years here, then I can answer the very same. I'm sure. I'm sure. (laughs) But uh at least I can agree with you it's like just a beautiful, uh very peaceful country. uh even we have yes. to stay inside for the moment, but uh, I'm looking forward to the day we can go outside again so uh, yeah, awesome so um let's come directly to the point like of your expertise because I think you have a lot to share in in this area. Uh, marketing that's that's your baby since since uh, ever and um, well I think uh, we can recognize you really as a marketing uh, guru Um, how did you get into marketing what was your motivation to start in in marketing
1: you wouldn't believe this Patrick but uh, I was in B school I was finishing my B school and this was uh, towards the March April of 1986 that Far back, so you can now gauge my age. I spent three <laughs> decades uh, in career. Well, uh, I was all ready for a pinstripe suit and going in working in Forex in a bank. I was specializing in finance, and I had a career path that I had discussed with my father, who was my idol and mentor, uh, to go into Forex, MA, get into banking, and well, basically everything was mapped. And I had a dearly beloved head of marketing faculty member in the B school who was no longer uh, with us, I think at the moment, but he called me in and he just told me, go for this interview because this company, this ad agency has come to campus for the first time. And my minor was marketing. And in that minor, I had one paper of advertising way back in 1986, I was finishing. And so, I said, all right. I mean, you know, I went for the interview. It was good. You know, I wanted to get interview experience. I was just coming out of B school, getting a job was like, nobody, you know, uh, really important. I went for the interview and you know, sh- long story short, the next thing I knew, I had an appointment letter. I had a call. I went over to the office after the interview. I got an appointment letter and I looked at that letter and I looked, it was 800 pounds back then. I was like, You must be kidding me. That was a lot of money. Trust me. Trust me for a young guy. I was uh, just turning 25, uh, 800 pounds. And it so happened that I started, you know, I I, I took up the role. I went into the advertising and it's like duck takes to water. The next time I I sort of lifted my head and I opened my eyes was 18 years later. Mm. I had, you know, gone through the entire rung, the rut and everything. And that's... That's literally how I, I went into marketing. I went into the advertising. I learned the ropes from ground up. I came out of advertising for just about three years to do some sales, actual electrical appliances, sales to understand the sales cycle, went back into advertising. So that's that's where my love affair with marketing, as I call it,
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, started and has continued and I hope it will till I end my days.
0: Yeah. Okay. Of course. Um, I see you are very successful in that. So why why change that? And um, since '86, you said so. That's uh, 30 years. Uh, I can imagine yep. that in 30 years a lot have changed in uh, in marketing. Uh, how so, yes. this is being done uh, above, or maybe the the, the the digitalization, right? So going to digital marketing. But what? What other things have changed? What what could you see uh, that have fundamentally changed in marketing over this uh, long period?
1: I'm glad you asked that question, Patrick. Great question. Because in my three decades, this is the beauty. I've lived through history. I've gone from manual and electronic typewriters, right, all the way to using Slack and WhatsApp on group communication, including cloud you know service reports meeting reports documentation being hosted not on that big huge cumbersome box called the central processing unit of a computer but somewhere where you don't know where so that's that's the first that's the first part of the history i've lived through all of this and i've adapted i've taught myself uh, you're a tech person you'll understand this i i haven't gone for certification i haven't done scrum but what i've done is i've actually had hands on learning experience adapted learned And taken it to work. Uh, So what's changed in marketing? You know, 30 years ago, marketing used to be a little simple. You had the classical four Ps of you have a product, you have a place of distribution, you have your promotion or advertising, and you have your price. Great. Those fundamentals are fantastic. But about 15 years ago, or I would say towards early 2000, 2002, is when the first touches of social media started crawling out from, you know, the World Wide Web. That particular bit of technology has changed marketing dramatically and drastically. What has happened is, it's gone from a product perspective view, which means manufacturing product brand message to a group of people that's consumers. It's flipped it to being the people talking about the product and the brand and saying, good, bad, ugly, and calling the brand in, engaging with the brand. Now that had the change is 180 degrees. Looking at it from north to south, you suddenly, because of social media, you're now having to do south to north. You're having to fit people into your brand. So that's the first biggest change. And that's where I think the the, the marketing gap, practitioners gap started happening, which is people. A lot of marketeers and organizations weren't able to adapt to that social change, that behavioral change from the customer's perspective. They got left behind. And my best example for this is: if you take a look at, you know, uh, the Forbes top 20 brands or top 100 brands in the last 20 years, all right, and go back another 10 years, you won't find top 10 brands of the 90s showing and featuring in the top 20 brands today, right? In fact, a lot of the top brands weren't there. And the, a lot of the top brands like Nokia and Kodak then are gone. They're no longer in existence. So that that's, that's transition. That's the change. And uh, I love this because what has happened is social media has allowed for customization. Yes, it's created a lot of tech and they say the marketing job has become difficult. Absolutely, if you look at it as it's difficult, it's difficult, but if you look at it as you can now profile your customer even better, and that's where honestly my forte and my strength is. My strength as a marketeer lies in understanding the behavior and the who of the customer or the community. And then taking that mm-hmm. and seeing what's in my brand from a value perspective, that can engage and be relevant to this community and start creating engagement. That's the stage two. The stage three is that earlier, 20 years ago, I would say we used to sell literally S E L L product brand price buy me, because I have a better XYZ product feature. All right. Today, it's actually necessary to do a conversation, a social conversation to say, Patrick, do you think you require X? And X is an a need that associates with your value, with your behavior. And you say, yeah, Joy, I might be n- thinking about that. Great. You know what? I tried B. B sort of gave me A and Z. So you see what's happening here. There's a social conversation in a community using social media communication tools, we're talking about a brand and a referral is happening. That is where the change has happened. I would say a paradigm shift has happened, which is you cannot give a one way buy me because XYZ features. Technology has made every single product, B2C, B2B, parity, absolute parity. The edge, the difference is now, how well can a brand engage the community? And that's where, again, the second part of my expertise comes in, which is that engagement is actually an experience. See, you and I are talking, we're having a chat. It's Pat's chat. Both of us are right now unknowingly having an experience. I'm having an experience of talking with you and to you, and you're having a similar experience. And when we go away, it's going to leave what we feel about our respective personal brands as a perception in our memory and that perception mm-hmm. is influenced by our interaction right now so what we are actually doing is a conversation which is helping each other create a perception about our own personal brands
0: well basically i'm uh, currently just learning a lot you know so for me it's a uh, 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 of course you're right it's a it's a great experience and uh, now we just mentioned like one one important term that is the branding or the brand experience and uh, Maybe we can stick a few minutes to to these terms because branding and marketing is uh, sometimes used like interchangeably and or in, in the same sentence. Uh, however, it is not the same thing, right? What, uh, and, and a lot of people try to uh, give a definition. What is branding? What's marketing? What, what is your take on that? Or what is your definitions? How you differentiate branding and marketing?
1: Thank you for asking that, Patrick. Thank, Really, thank you. I think um, I'm, going to, I'm going to break it into three bits over here. Brand, marketing and experience. And let me explain it. And this is my experience base is across Asia Pac. I come with an experience base from the east of the Swiss Canal, the Middle East, from Dubai, Bahrain, going all the way up to Hong Kong. I haven't done work in Korea. I haven't done work in China. Neither have I done work in Japan. So it's. I'm leaving those markets out. This is based on brands across nine industry verticals that I've managed, grown, helped. There's a a myth, and a lot of businesses, corporates, SMEs, national organisations, government-linked organisations, businesses of any size and shape. The first myth is a brand is not your logo, and the brand is not the logo design, and not its colour. Right? A brand is actually a summation of a lot of things right so it has it has leadership culture employee engagement employee advocacy employee experience user experience customer experience all of it comes down to the experience and i'll cover that when we come to experience so a brand has to be treated and is actually a living a virtual living entity right let's take any brand that you want to name today Why is there a a, a specialized line in marketing called personal branding? What are you doing? You're taking your name or a nickname and you're creating an identity where you stand for something. And that's what branding is all about. Branding is about communicating a value that you really believe in. And that value from a business perspective comes from why are you in business? So, There's a change in business thinking that we have to take on board. For 50 to 80 years, the world has run business from a manufacturing perspective or an industrial age perspective. So if you look at all our businesses and our operations and everything, we are linear. We are set up in silos and functions, right? In that, marketing has grown from the 50s with the four Ps, the product, place, price, promotion kind of idea to say product features, therefore you buy me, price as an advantage. Now it's come to a people-centric. As we've moved into 2002 and today, marketing is all about people. And this is where a classic theory comes back. Business at the end of the day historically started because one person had something that another person needed. So you exchanged and then came in money as a instrument or it used to be barter. So marketing, in my opinion, In my experience, it's all about engaging the prospect or the person you want to be in your community. And I use this very, very clearly. I don't say customer and I don't say employee. I say a community because what a brand needs to do is it needs to build a group of people that become its ambassadors within quote fans so that they talk about the value of the brand. It's not what you say that matters it's what they say when you're not there and i think this is a quote from jeff bezos but that's a that's branding branding is the perception the value that one has of a product or a service through the experience that service and product has given him or her in mm. a nutshell that's oh, brand. Yeah. marketing is taking that message and the activities related to how you influence that perception to the ground, to the people. So this is where you have digital marketing via social media, web marketing, and we've got a lot of specializations in these areas, as you know. So under digital, you'll have social media marketing and then social media, you'll have content marketing and all of that. But marketing is basically, in a sum, it's about engaging that community, identifying who is the right customer, who is the right employee, profiling it, bringing that customer and employee into that community. And then comes the last point, delivering delivering an experience that becomes so unique that only you and I together as a team can deliver to our people. And no joy, no pat, sorry, nobody can deliver. So there's two advantages here. Within an industry, Every company, if they approach it from this perspective, you're creating a strategic differentiator where your brand experience is concerned. What you deliver is very different from your competitor B. Second, what people are getting, people are getting human people and people like to interact with people, especially now. This has got so heightened in this pandemic scenario. We don't like talking to labels. We like talking to a human being. We don't like talking to a bot. So, The more human the brand experiences, the more the engagement happens. That's branding, marketing, experience.
0: Wow, awesome. Awesome. It's a very uh, great breakdown. I, I can understand a lot better now. Uh, when we talk about brand experience, uh, you list or you also talk a lot about the internal and the external one. So uh, the internal brand experience, the external one. Why is, uh, what's the difference? Why is the internal one similarly important or even more important than the external one?
1: when i when i came out of my corporate roles a couple of years ago and i wanted to you know put out my shingle and do which is what i'm doing under 3 minute marketing one of the things that i put down and i learned through my experience of running various programs campaigns everything within organizations and for brands is that if you don't have your home in order and strong you cannot represent uh well what i mean by that let me use an analogy if your cup is not full you cannot share from your cup so it's my methodology marketing inside out is a joy abdullah methodology where what i do when i go into clients is that i bring the employees the teams whether it's a five-member team or a 50-member team i work in getting the employees aligned in seeing i was trying to avoid the jargon but i bring employees to see the value of the strategy and the purpose. And what happens in this process, it's called employee engagement, to use jargon. What happens is the business owner, the CEOs, the senior management, and the employee hierarchy, they all start seeing the common goal, the one same perspective. And when they see that, they say, ah, so I understand now what I'm supposed to do in my role for the benefit of the company, which means for the bigger purpose, and that, we i then take it down into creating advocacy and how i do creating advocacy is select a group of few employees whose personal brands are communicated out on behalf of the business brand all right in their personal capacity sharing stories of what they do so one of the things i write in my process it's in my profile is i use three things data collaborations and stories what's the data there's two levels of data one is the customer data One is the sales data. Customer and sales data is one. And the second is employee data. I need to know employee psychographical, attitudinal, behavioral, and personality traits to be able to select the right attitude to develop as a personal brand. And I need the customer and sales data to know where is the customer, who's the customer, where does sales happen. The second thing I do is I create cross-functional collaborations. It's not just the marketing people. It's not just the sales people, but I'll bring human resource. I'll bring finance. I'll bring... Uh, other functions, bring a team in that employee advocacy pool who talk about what is it that they do. Why do I do that? Because for the business brand, it's humanizing the brand. There's a face. There's Patrick and Joy talking about the Pat show. Pat show is the brand represented by these two people. But each is talking, Pat is talking on technology, Joy's talking on marketing. So that's what goes out. When you do that, what happens is the third leg, the stories, they become real. They actually become honest. They become, even if, oh, we tried to deliver service today and we couldn't, people don't hit your brand with it because you are being human. Humans are not perfect. So I first create that from the inside out. I build it. Oh, I must add why I do that is I'm, I support organic marketing campaigns. I'm not Uh, uh, advocate of paid advertising until the brand reaches a certain threshold and every industry the brand has a different level so this process that I recommend it takes about seven months seven calendar months for an organization to get done so I do my projects are usually uh, about eight to ten months and in a couple of projects that I'm managing now I'm in an advisory supervisorial capacity Uh, So I build the inside out and then I take these stories out and then hand it over to a content marketing, social media marketing team to actually run the company's social media accounts for them. So there's personal branding, there's uh, company brand content development, and then employee engagement. All of it comes together. For anybody who's watching this show and wants to know more, please visit my profile. You'll get it on my profile summary.
0: Sure, yeah, and um, well, I will share the links uh, also here of course, to both the three minutes marketing above uh, sure. all, where share all this uh very valuable information. Um, we come to a, a, to an end of the of this uh talk, but uh, one one thing I still wanted to discuss with you i mean, did you see over the last one or two months like when we when we start to have this this crisis and working from home uh, any any really awesome uh, example of marketing or, or branding out there like in Malaysia specifically or in, in the world that, that caught your eye and you thought like, wow, that was, that was really brilliant uh, of the company using the crisis for their marketing?
1: Yeah, one comes one comes to mind, not in Malaysia, and I'll come back to that. But there's a Nissan car ad about stay at home. Uh, I think it played in the Middle East and it played in India, if I remember correctly. It's a beautiful ad, no product, no nothing, with a lovely storyline of deserted streets uh, with, you know, uh, some squirrels, animals and all using the streets when people are not there. And the message was stay at home, stay safe. But that's a beautiful example that stuck in my head uh, from a viewer's perspective that I came across that ad. I saw it. I loved it. It's from Nissan. It's a brilliant ad, uh, really brilliant ad. Um, across the globe, I think every country, every place has had a certain uh, stage of, you know, from China, where we started in January to now, uh, every country's sort of been trying to play catch up with the pandemic. That's number one. And as a result, as they're playing catch up, the businesses has also been trying to grapple with what do I do? And the first thing is, uh, being a business owner, it's the top of mind fear is, How do I pay? How do I manage my business? Where's my revenue? And, you know, I've advised a couple of small businesses where literally when Malaysia started its lockdown in the first two weeks, the business's revenue went from X to zero, literally zero, you know, and really small. They're five man, six man, two units. And it's only last week that while having discussions with me, they figured out an advantage. They figured out how they could use the delivery services. And as luck would have it, they're starting to get their daily orders back. And one of them is a baking thing, uh, baking um, business. And I'm, I'm hoping to bring out a case study on that once I get some more data. I'll publish it on LinkedIn. But all businesses, I think, are now trying to look at, first, how can I safeguard my people and my business? And obviously, the first reaction is of fear because... No revenues, no support, and they are all applying for government stimulus to go forward. Uh, some have started. Not, I haven't come across in Malaysia, but in UK, in uh, in, in in Switzerland, in Germany, uh, even in US, Australia, these places, India. Some of the different categories have started putting out marketing but the marketing and i really appreciate that we are seeing why it's so important to do it the marketing is not targeted for sales the marketing is actually targeted for the heart from the brand giving edutainment as i call it it's got an entertainment value but it's got educational about what one can do in the pandemic from an individual perspective which is stay positive do a routine do your exercise how to pick up learning skills a lot of uh brands I'm seeing in India specifically are pointing to online resources out there. So that's where it's at. And and I'm gonna wrap this bit up to say, people will throw bricks at me for saying this, but this pandemic is a boon for the entire mankind. For millenniums, we've not had the chance to pause. What this pause is doing is actually making, forcing us to look at doing everything differently from an individual perspective, from a professional perspective, from a work perspective, and all these three are coming together in one. In my four to five weeks in this lockdown period, I'm seeing people are more humane. There's more people centricity in the form of kindness and compassion. That's starting to come up front, and that are, those are two attributes that have been really missing in business, at least in the last thirty years. That's what I can say, Pat.
0: Wow. I've, I think that's uh, beautiful uh, words to wrap this up, really. Uh, come to an end with this uh, chat and this talk uh, with you. Thank you so much, Joy, for uh, sharing your uh, really valuable insights and knowledge, your experience with uh, 30 plus years into in marketing. Really appreciate that.
1: Thank you so much for having me, Pat. It's been a pleasure and an honor for getting this privilege to share my background and my experience with you. Thank you so much. Yeah.
0: Thanks to you, and uh, please don't forget to uh, connect with uh, Joy in LinkedIn. I will share the, his uh, profile uh, for those not connect with him yet, and also follow his uh, three minutes, three minute marketing three podcast. Minute marketing. Yeah, and of course also to create the edge, uh, awesome shows uh, with uh, really, really a lot of valuable insights. So thank you very much for watching this one. Uh, I hope I see you next uh, next time uh, with a new episode of Pat's Chat. Thank you very much and uh, stay safe. Have a great day. Thanks, Joy. Every corner of the world is experiencing disruptions, but not for BigIT, for bringing data skills and knowledge to you. Hence, from leading regional data science show and now international live business virtual event right at your fingertips. Find out more about the future. BigIT 2020, the 8th annual data science show on 22nd to 23rd September 2020.